Welcome to the Wise Retirement Podcast. We believe the best financial advice should always be conflict-free. I'm your host, Casey Smith. Guiding you to financial freedom today is my co-host, uh, attorney Brian Smith for more Ingham Johnson and Steele. Good morning. Hey, Brian. Good morning. So today we are going to talk um, about estate planning for those who travel frequently or live in multiple states. Okay. Uh, now, this is your first time on the podcast, so welcome. Well, thank you. And uh, we've, we've had uh, Sean... Uh, a few episodes ago, come and talk about estate planning. So you guys kind of work together on we the do. estate Sean front. And I, we we work hand in hand on the estate front. Yeah. So thank you again for um, being such great service to our clients. At, Absolutely. Uh, we we thank have you uh, for a couple of firms us. that we work with, but uh, certainly you think you guys get the bulk of um, the wires at work. So we appreciate the no, thank you prompt responses and dealing with sometimes difficult personalities. <laughs> I think we've had a few ourselves. <laughs> Not everyone's easy. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay. So, you know, I, I don't know. I feel like we have like a, a, a travel theme this quarter. We've, we've had uh, the retirement travelers on. These are, uh, uh, these are people that uh, uh, have uh, retired. They sold everything. They literally, like, everything they own is in the backpack. They become nomads. And they've been to 147 countries. Um, now when I talk to them offline, off the podcast, I think they're actually in country, maybe three or four months out of the year, their podcasts uh, or their videos that make it seem like they're just always gone, but they raised five children, uh, and then they just, they left. And so you start thinking about that and I go, (laughs) my, my financial nerd brain (laughs) immediately goes, my gosh, like, what if you have major medical issues? Like, what do you you know what forms do you give them do they do they take the power of attorney medical directives in uh uh in india <laughs> or in europe there's some tricky issues there so when we when we start there let's say you're just a frequent traveler yeah. what what should we be carrying or not carrying with us well, i think the main two documents to have with you when you're traveling around are a power of attorney and an advanced directive of some sort for healthcare living will power of attorney for healthcare one of those documents. Typically, you're going to make those documents in your domicile jurisdiction. So, if where you live, yeah, if your folks live here in Georgia, they're going to make the documents, and and they're going to be consistent with Georgia law. And it's a good idea to have those documents with you. A lot of folks will save them on their phones. Uh, so I was yeah. about to say, you just take have a digital version. Yeah, you have a digital version. A lot of people will put their healthcare directives on uh, my chart or something like that with their primary care physician so that it's always there. It's available. It's in the cloud, I guess. Right. Uh, so they can always access it wherever they are. They're in Dubai. It's available to them. Um, but those two documents are, are good to have. But then you have to think about whether or not that document will even be recognized uh, in that other jurisdiction. And to some extent, you're just kind of rolling the dice and hoping that it'll work. Uh, with powers of attorney for business and financial, there's been sort of a push the last few years to make those a little bit more uniform. Okay. Uh, from across, jurisdiction to jurisdiction. You mean across states or across, across countries? states, not necessarily across countries. Um, but <laughs> to be honest, I, I can't imagine what uh, a foreign jurisdiction would want to see in a business or financial power of attorney that we don't cover true uh, in our power of attorney here uh, so it, it's pretty thorough of course there's going to be language issues and and things of that sort but we can't uh, really convert all of our documents to whatever I mean, foreign language as we're far as traveling the m- to. medical community goes 
Um, I mean, they're going to render aid. No one's not going to render aid because you didn't have a document. I mean, they all take the same oath. Right. I think they're all going to err on the side of caution and try to try to take care of you. Right. Uh, in, in another jurisdiction. And I'll be honest, I've seen a lot of different healthcare directives and, and medical proxies and so forth. I'm a big fan of Georgia's advanced directive for healthcare. I think it's very thorough. It's very easy to understand and, mm-hmm. and execute. Um, it doesn't venture out into sort of the periphery at all. It's just a very good document. Uh, and again, like I was saying with the power of attorney, I, I, I think it'd be hard to decline that document anywhere. Uh, it gives someone the power to take care of you and make those decisions. Now, every culture is going to have different beliefs and so forth when it comes to end of life decisions. Right. So that may be where you uh, run into some issues. Um, but as far as just the, the basic care, I, I get hit by a bus in London uh, because I looked the wrong way stepping off the sidewalk. Um, somebody's going to be able to take care of me with that document. Are you curious why annuities keep coming up as a potential investment option? People are often told that annuities can effectively mitigate investment risks and help secure their financial future. However, annuities often benefit the salesperson and might not be the best choice for you as a consumer. To learn more about the various types of annuities, the negatives of owning them, and better investment alternatives, we have a free ebook on our website just for you. To download our ebook, Buyer Beware, Why Do They Keep Trying to Sell You That Annuity? Simply click the link in the episode notes or visit wiserinvestor.com slash guides. Now let's get back to the episode. Now, just to be clear, if you can communicate your wishes, you don't need these documents. Oh, exactly. Yeah. If, if you're able to communicate, they're asking you. Um, right. So really, yeah, we're talking about, I got hit by a bus and I can't communicate. Uh, then who's taking care of me? And then so you have to think you, about who you're giving those powers to also. Is it somebody else right. who's in your travel party or is it somebody back home? Right. Uh, so making sure that the, the right people have copies of those documents and that they know you're traveling and uh, that everyone's aware of, of your whereabouts. So it's okay to have someone back home, not necessarily someone named in your travel party. Sure. Nowadays we can do pretty much anything from anywhere. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think that's that's perfectly fine. And then a power of attorney is really more for financial. So I, I see less need for use of that. <laughs> yeah, it'd be more important for something that happens back home. Uh, so I'm overseas and I don't know, the pipes bust in my house because it got really cold. Probably saw that a lot this past Christmas. Right. Pipes were bursting all over the place. Uh, I, I need somebody to be able to step in and hire the contractor and come in and fix my house so I don't come home to a, a frozen flood. Right. Uh, so having the power of attorney is, is definitely more important for that. Something goes on back home, uh, and I need to tend to it. I, I see a lot of folks who, as you were talking about people who travel frequently, they, they sort of leave their lives here behind and hit the road. Um, business and financial affairs don't change. A lot of those folks own rental properties. They may still have business interests and so forth. So somebody has got to be able to take care of issues that come up 
uh, while you're you're out there traveling. And again, those two documents are for while you're living. If you pass away, those don't have any merit anymore. They're pretty much useless at that point in time. Yeah. So it's always important to make sure you have a good will in place. And with folks who travel a lot, especially if they own property in other jurisdictions, so they've got a condo here, a house there, or a ranch over there, uh, revocable living trusts uh, become a must uh, because you want to avoid probate in multiple jurisdictions. Yeah. Uh, simplify the administration. You don't want big gaps in time between death and someone's ability to take care of things. Because as you were saying, power of attorney stops the moment you die. Yeah. And then no one really has power to do anything until there's some document that gives them that authority with a revocable living trust. It's instant. Uh, with just a will, it's when the probate court says, congratulations, Casey, you're the executive. <laughs> right. Go out and do everything. So we want to avoid that gap in time. So if you live in Georgia, you have a house in um, Alabama. So if you probate here, then you would do like a, uh, what's it called, a remote probate? or it's ancillary probate. Ancillary probate. So you'd be probating in two states. Probating in two states. And, and that can be a little bit tricky. I'm actually handling on a state right now uh, for a family member who passed away. And we're going through probate in Florida is where he was domiciled, but also in Pennsylvania, Utah, and New Jersey. Oh, wow. It's a pain in the neck. Yeah. So uh, if he had a revocable living trust and those assets were titled in the revocable living trust... That's exactly right. Uh, then you, you, you wouldn't have to do process. probate at all. No, that's right. Because a successor trustee steps into place, successor beneficiaries sort of rise up in the document. Mm -hmm. The powers are all there for that successor trustee to step in and start taking care of everything immediately. And you don't miss a beat um, from a asset management standpoint. Right. Uh, the family misses you, but, uh, the, but the things assets, keep going. Things yeah. keep going. Yeah. And we're not having to wait for a probate process in Florida, which is an absolute nightmare uh, to be settled. So is it a nightmare on. because of the time it takes to settle it? Or is it just a lengthy, because isn't that the state that they want to charge a percentage of your state? Florida is a unique state uh, when it comes to probate. And, and, you know, we, we think of Florida and, and a lot of people are moving to Florida and they're retiring there and taking their assets there. And then a lot of assets are changing hands in the state of Florida at death. Right. So there's really never been any incentive in the Florida legislature to make the probate process easy. It's a, it's an industry yeah. uh, down there. And they're making a lot of money. There's statutory fees that are yeah, charged by attorneys. There's uh, a lot of filings that are required to be made uh, that cannot be waived. Um, here in Georgia, probate's a piece of cake. Uh, it's just a really easy process. And it's because the laws are easy and the, yeah. the procedure's easy. Florida's made it very difficult. And there's other states like that around the country. You hit on a couple of four. California's difficult. Utah. Utah's difficult. Mm -hmm. uh, Texas is not easy. Most right. of the Southeast is pretty easy, with the exception of Florida. Uh, Louisiana is difficult because they follow the, the French uh, civil law and the Polaris yes. Code, where <laughs> right. the rest of the country follows the common law, British common law. But otherwise, if you've got the property in Alabama, you've got the property in Georgia, you live here in Georgia. A good revocable living trust, having that Alabama property titled in the trust at the time of death eliminates the need for Alabama probate or Florida probate or Utah or California or Texas or wherever. So that makes uh, estate something a lot easy or a lot easier. What about foreign assets? Foreign assets are a little bit tricky um, because it's no guarantee that our documents are going to be honored 
uh, overseas. What I've seen a lot of folks do is multiple wills. Okay. Um, and have a will that governs your Georgia assets or your domestic assets. Um, but make sure in that document that that will does not specifically revoke this other will that you've created in South Africa or somewhere like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then have some foreign version of me uh, create a new will for you in that jurisdiction that deals with those assets. And so that's one way to do it. Uh, there are treaties and conventions and so forth that have been entered into over the years that do lend some acceptance of documents to right. foreign wills and, and trusts. And so Same forth. for the tax code as well. Exactly. And so yeah. it's still, though, a, a good idea to make sure that the documents are going to be effective. Um, like I was saying with Louisiana, they, they follow the civil law when we follow the common law. Uh, And it's that way around the world as well. There's a lot of countries Mm -hmm. out there that have uh, things like forced airship, uh, not like a blimp, but uh, the people who inherit. uh, So there's sort of automatic inheritance uh, with certain family members that sort of overrides the terms of your last will and testament. And so you want to make sure that if you have assets in one of those jurisdictions, uh, that you've got documents in place uh, that'll accommodate your wishes. Yeah, I, I would think that that gets even more complicated if you're renting a foreign property, which some of our clients do, um, you know, like in a VRBO, but yeah. foreign, uh, where you not only do you need to have wills, but you probably want to have power of attorney even for somebody local on the ground. You probably do. And then you're yeah. also bringing into play li- liability issues. Yeah, that's uh, right. And so forth. So do you want to set up some sort of uh, limited liability entity? Uh, and then what options in that foreign are available country. to you in that foreign <laughs> yeah. country? Yeah, so it, it definitely gets tricky. And there's a lot of planning that goes into it. So uh, you know, it's just it's one of those uh, adventures that you should not enter into lightly uh, if you're thinking of buying property in uh, the Caribbean or yeah. somewhere else. Talk to your attorney first. What happens? Um, you know, we have a sad case uh, where a uh, FedEx pilot passed away on an overnight. Uh, in Germany. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in that scenario, um, you know, what can be done to help your family e- ease the, through that process? Because I feel like it, it only, I've only known this happening twice, but in both times, uh, it required like uh, a congressperson it's to get tricky. involved. Yeah. I've to get the happen, body home. I've had it happen several times. Um, one was a, a lady who was with a tour group in Greenland. Uh, I've had it happen actually a couple of times with folks on cruise ships. Yeah. Uh, just sort of wind up in the next port of call. And how do you get the remains home? The State Department is pretty helpful in that regard. So typically what happens, the family needs to contact the, the consular office uh, wherever mm-hmm. the remains are, uh, Germany or yeah. Greenland or what have you. And then they'll sort of coordinate with the local funeral home, uh, mortuary folks, yeah, uh, to get your body uh, transferred back to the United States. It's not cheap uh, by any means. Um, I tell folks all the time, consider travel insurance. Uh, yeah. Because a lot of those policies will include repatriation of remains uh, in the policy so they can get the body back home for you um 
there's going to be a gap in time. It's going to be tricky. There's going to be a, yeah. a delay in getting death certificates. Uh, so starting that next process back at home, the probate process and so forth, can be delayed significantly. So again, it comes back to the revocable living trust. If you're yeah. a pilot, you're traveling overseas a lot, and there's a concern that something might happen outside of the, the U.S., uh, then having documents that are going to work efficiently for you uh, is key. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so try to bring it back to something less sad. <laughs> uh, you know, what would you say to people who travel with, with nothing? Because, you know, so many people, we just, I, I, I you know, I, I've always had some kind of a basic estate planning, but you don't think about those stuff, even when you're young. Yeah. You know, you don't, you don't really think about the risk. Yeah. You know, I tell folks all the time, I, I think the two most important documents in an estate plan are the two simplest, the power of attorney and the healthcare directive. So at a minimum do those. Yeah. Uh, and healthcare directives are available online. You just go online and type in Georgia advanced directive and you know, 50 yeah. different hits come up with the exact same form. So they're very easy documents to have. Power of attorney for business and financial, same sort of thing. They're available. They're readily available. Yeah. So at a minimum, get those. Uh, that way, if something happens to you, somebody can take care of you. You slide down a mountain while you're hiking and uh, you're in the hospital for a few weeks in, in Tibet. Uh, somebody's <laughs> got to take care of things for yeah. you. So make sure you have the basic documents uh, and then sort of build from and there. And then you tell those people that that's their job. Yeah, Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you have people name someone, but they don't know that that's their job. Absolutely. <laughs> Great point. Yeah. Make sure the folks back home know that they're in charge. Right. <laughs> Something might, happens. Might want to mention that before yeah. you and, and another thing, you know, going back to that is kids uh, always yeah. come into the mix. And I, I do a lot of travel planning uh, in the early part of the summer. Uh, young couples come in and you know, we're going on our first trip ever without our kids. Uh, they're, they're finally old enough to leave with somebody and we're going right. to Europe. Make sure something's in place to care for the kids back here. Uh, Georgia has a very good power of attorney that gives us the ability to delegate the authority to care for our kids. Right. Uh, so medical schooling, uh, all of those kind of things. Um, get a document in place, make sure that you have guardians named in the event something happens to you. Uh, so don't forget those things. Yeah. Good ideas. Um, well, uh, Brian, thank you for doing this. Absolutely. And, uh, if you don't have any estate planning done, now's the time. This is your reminder. <laughs> Good to get it done. Good to get it done. Uh, Sean and Brian can help you at Morgan Johnson steel. Always contact our office if you need, uh, their direct content information, but I'm sure we'll put that in our show notes um, as well. Uh, we also have uh, a YouTube channel, A Wiser Retirement. Using an online estate planning service versus a local attorney is a video we did. Also, listen to episode 120, Finding the Right Estate Planning Attorney for You. Uh, that's in our podcast uh, episode. This is episode 193. Um, thanks for listening. Uh, we keep climbing the podcast charts uh if you have a moment be sure to leave us a um five star or whatever it is uh thumbs up on uh, apple podcast or however you uh listen to the podcast thanks so much for listening we'll see you next time thanks for listening to a wiser retirement podcast 
We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Make sure to subscribe wherever you're listening. That way you don't miss any new episodes. We'd also appreciate if you could leave a rating and review. If you have any questions about anything that was discussed today, head to wiserinvestor.com and reach out. This episode was produced and edited by Ken Hoadley. This podcast is strictly for informational purposes only and is not to be considered as investment advice or solicitation to buy or sell any financial products, securities, digital assets, or any other investment vehicles or a basis to make any financial decisions. Wiser Wealth Management Incorporated is a registered investment advisor with the SEC. The host and or guest may personally own securities, digital assets, or other investment vehicles mentioned on this podcast. Neither the host nor guest of the show are compensated for their participation and no referral fees are paid to or received by any host or guest for clients, listeners, or similar interests. Investments involve risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor, tax professional, insurance professional, and or legal professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.